Makes the World podcast with Sam and Katie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fix the World with me, Katie Tracy, and my beautiful co-host, Sam Avery. You all right, Sam? I'm very good, thanks, Kate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Just come back from holiday. So, um, brown, but fat. Oh, they're the best two things to be, brown and fat, because I don't think anyone looks bad when they're brown, like tanned. Um, just it's a like nice feeling. Don't come in brown and fat, you're not doing it right. No, you're doing it wrong. Have you, like, I don't want to get into your white bits and all of that, but I do love looking at my own ass crack in the mirror yeah. after a holiday, because it just gives you that whole, like, oh, look what you used to be and look what you are now. Yeah, my fella calls me boobs headlamps and sings. <laughs> you, know, you know that song, Red Light Spells Danger? Yeah. Instead, he changed the way it says, headlamps spell danger. <laughs> Very relationships, relationships are built on changing the lyrics to songs <laughs> to get you through. Like, I used to sing, save all your dishes for me. Save all your dishes. Works, doesn't it? Gets you through. Yeah. So we should... Just... That. Not doing dishes. That seems fun. <laughs> We should probably just explain that we're back on Zoom this week, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I say unfortunately, it's still going to be a cracking episode, folks. It's just that we've had, we've had, we're, as basically we're looking for a, a new home, aren't we, for our, for our for recording digs. sessions? We are. Yeah. We need we're to like, rent rooms by the hour and not in a seedy way. <laughs> yeah. We don't want some, we don't want bars on the windows. No. We want nice acoustics, really. So, yeah. but we'll, we'll, we're on the on the road to sorting that. So we'll sort that in the next week or so. And, and yeah. Soon you'll, you'll, you'll soon you'll be able to see our faces again and you'll wish yeah. we were still on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a petition for bringing back Zoom. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is the, the podcast where we try and fix the world one tiny problem at, at a time. And uh, this week we'll be fixing soap operas. So we'll get into that in a little while. But uh, I suppose I just wanted to thank everyone for, like, we've had loads of nice comments, especially off the back of the last episode last week the road trip episode the on road the trip to- one thanks everyone yeah it was great people saying they were listening to it in the car feeling like we were on a trip with them which is nice yeah and, it, uh, was a, of- it was a fun one to record as well because it made the journey go really quickly well the journey went too quickly didn't it because i thought yeah. we could have we done another 45 minutes but we got to the gig and then quite a few people say well we were waiting for like the the post gig analysis which i think would have been fun yeah but we ran out of tape so oh, yeah because I had to use this different recording device. The, the way By the way, everybody, we didn't really run out of tape because we didn't go in the time machine back to 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had an 8-track recorder in the back of me Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> the back of me Datsun. Yeah, we hired, but, uh, we hired the man who did wedding videos <laughs> in the back of the car. Yeah, with one of those, like, just real surreal tape decks. <laughs> I bet they're worth loads of money now, aren't they? But... Yeah. But yeah, and quite a few people have got in touch saying that they've, they've discovered the podcast and then they've gone back and listened to all the old episodes. So, you know, that's that's great if people are doing that. So thanks for well, all the people who've told nice us about there. that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so this is our our episode on soap operas and we'll get into that in a while. But uh, Kate, you've just got back from holiday, haven't you? I have. Just got back from Corfu. Week there. Great. Oh, so... For the benefit of me and everyone listening, just tell us about how nice it was. Well, it was the kind of holiday that we didn't do anything. We just went to lie on a beach and drink beer and eat crisps and play cards and swim in the sea. Um, we like go like we always get a pedalo. One of my mates, Mark, called it a pedalo, and we all call it pedalo now. 
But we got oh. got to, we got to pedal out twice. So the first day we got to pedal out was one of them ones with the slides on. Now I have got form with pedalos because once again the water can't get me ass out of it. But <laughs> and normally they have a little ladder, but this one didn't have a ladder, so I was like, I don't know what to do because it's quite. Although we were quite far away from the shore, it wasn't far to swim to get to where you could stand up. So I was like, oh, well, if I can't get back on it, I'll just, I'll just swim. But it, anyway, I had to go. But Mick was going off the slides, and I don't like them slides because they hurt your back when you come off the end of them. It's just not, it's not for me. So I was just diving off, and he was going down the slide, and we were taking turns. And um, so I dived off, which was great. And then you know, I had to haul myself back up. So every time I hauled myself back up, my bikini bottoms came down and I was like, <laughs> facing the beach. So I was like, really glad I'm very far away from the shore. But I was made up that I was able to haul myself on. I thought, this is progress, Kate. That, you're doing well. That is. That's like a little, one of those moments in life that you should get a certificate yeah. for. I mean, it's pathetic that like, I'm pleased that I can lift my own body weight. <laughs> yeah, but, but everyone anyway, bangs on the back. Everyone bangs on about ants. Oh, ants are dead strong because they can lift their own body weight. All right, come on. That's not... There's no way an ant would have been able to swim in the sea and then get back up on the pedal on the way. Without the kecks falling down. But then the following day, we got a different pedal And this was like... I was calling it the Formula One pedal Because it was like shaped like a little sleek white sports car. But it had a ladder on the side. So I thought, oh, this would be better for me to get in and out the water. It's very ungainly and not very dignified that we move <laughs> So we dived in and I was like, oh, this is great. We were really, really far out at this point. Um, probably about, I don't know, 800 metres out, maybe further. And um, it was deep, but it was, I, I'm a good swimmer, so I was all right. But I got in and then I got to, got to this little ladder and I was like, oh, this will be sound. I said, I've this little ladder and I'll get on. I've got, could I get out of the water on this ladder? <laughs> it was pathetic. So in the end, I just, I just had to hold on to the ladder. Mick towed me back to shore like I was some like manatee. I'm surprised the locals didn't come and try and like beach me, beach me back in the water. Um so that 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 was um that was a bit of a time we had. But the rest of the time we just went we went drinking and ate crap. Um a lot of the bars there have like um nights where they have what are they called? Like in person, so Lady Gaga night or by George night. Oh, I love that. It was camp as anything and it was fabulous. I think one of the big selling points of those kind of holidays is the terrible standard of entertainment that you get. Not in a way that it's, well, it is bad, but it's like bad, but brilliant, isn't it? Like the, we saw one once and it was ABBA. It was meant to be an ABBA tribute act. And we were like, this is going to be amazing. Just the wigs alone are going to get us through this night. It's going to be fab. And they turned up, and the, it was just the girls. There was no fellas there. It was like half the band oh, yeah. were not there. Well, the, 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 the other tribute that was on on the on the strip in this this resort we were in, we, went, we didn't go in to watch them, but we heard them going. So we just heard these these brummy voices going, "Right, we're gonna ask you to join in with the next song, and if you don't, we're gonna make a right titter you." We were like, "What's going on here?" And as we got to the bar, we just saw these two women dressed as Agnetha and what's the name? <laughs> and I was just like, "Well." If they're going to commit to the role, then at least try and do a Scandinavian accent. That's Please the don't do a accent because it doesn't work. It take, takes away the, the, the show business. It, it, the illusion is dead at that point, isn't it? Yeah. Like this, we was, like this song in 1975 <laughs> for Eurovision. It's called Wolves to Go. 
<laughs> Maybe that's why I would have brought back that hologram thing they're going to do the next year. They're going to do a big tour, aren't they, with holograms and stuff. It's yeah. just to put the kibosh on all these terrible, terrible tribute acts. Um, we, I saw a Nirvana tribute act once in uh, Liverpool about 20 years ago, and they looked like them, and they sounded like them. And the singer, he had this like black and uh, red Kurt Cobain jumper on, and he was just, he had the hair, and his, his face looked a bit like him, and he was singing like, like him. him. Did you feel like you'd seen them live? No, I did until he started talking in between the songs, because <laughs> after about three songs, I thought, oh, he's not going to talk in between songs. That's perfect. Let me just live the dream that I'm living in my head. And after the third song, he went, yeah, I just want to thank you all for coming out tonight. So we were late. We got stuck on the M6. <laughs> Jesus. Red Where's your agents? Just don't talk. At the, least try an American accent. There's the, kids the, playing in the street who can do a boss American accent. You've heard them all the time. Exactly. Just or just shut up if you can't do it. It's fine. Or just there's a, there's a, did you know there's a an, an Elvis crossed with Nirvana tribute act called Elvana? Yeah. It's meant to be brilliant. I want to see it? that. That yeah. seems fun. I, I just think stuff like that works, doesn't it? You mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Ast- Rick Astley's playing at the moment, isn't he with some band? I've forgotten the name of the band he's playing, but he's Blossoms. playing. Yeah, Blossoms he's doing the whole name. They're just Mick playing Blossoms. the Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be honest, he's getting a lot of hate for this, but I just think it's wonderful because I'm a big Rick Astley fan. Yeah, I think it's great. I saw a vid- bit of video footage and it did look good. It did look yeah. really good. That pedalo, uh, pedalo incident reminds yeah. me of uh, when me and Rachel went long together and we went on a romantic weekend away to Oxford. And we hired a little uh, boat to go down the river. Oh, did you go punting? We went punting, yeah. And well, we tried to. I was, I was sort of rowing. Hang on, is punting where you're standing up? Yeah. All oh, right. No, we did it sitting down. Sorry, uh, the, the <laughs> rowing. <laughs> you were yeah. getting to each other. It's fine. <laughs> um, and but I was sitting down, so I was rowing. And then she said, "Oh, should we swap?" And I was like, "Yeah, go on." And we tried to swap in the middle of the river on this little boat. Nearly fell in. And then nearly split up. I mean, it was just like the argument we had was unbelievable because we were just trying to trying to swap it in, and then we didn't swap places, and we sort of rode. I angrily rode us back to the shore. <laughs> oh, you know what we did too, and I thought I'd be crap at it. Um, we got we did a paddle boarding. Have you ever done that? No, that looks like fun. It is brilliant. I loved it. Can't wait to go again. I'm going to make when we get home. We're going to do the Albatross every Sunday and we're going to get wetsuits in the middle and we're going to start going paddleboarding. Uh-huh. You can fuck off if you think I'm going to fall into that brown muck. <laughs> yeah, but those little wetsuits would uh, see you through, wouldn't they? They'd be really t- top we're just going to look at this before we go so we don't like drink too much of practice. That's it. Just come out like choking on dengue fever or something. Yeah. Not this in Liverpool, by the way. I just wouldn't swim in the old oh, It's not a diss on Liverpool. It's a diss on water in general this on this planet. It's on the water, yeah. The planet is just polluted. and I'm getting more scared of uh, global warming and pollution because my kids are coming home. They're only six. They're coming home from school and they're saying, oh, it's getting warmer, Daddy. And I'm like, oh, it is for September. And they went, no, it's getting warmer all because the time because of, globe, because of global warming. And I'm, But I'm thinking, that's great that they're teaching you about it. But I'm... I'm scared. In fact, I was sitting on the toilets and one of my lads started shouting at me, stop global warming, daddy. It's up to you to stop it. I'm like, <laughs> do me better. I mean, I'm having a poo, so that's producing methane. Yeah. So that's probably not helping. That's not helping. But I can't keep it in all the time, so. Well, no, it's got to come out at one point. You've got to do and your bit, though. You have to do your bit. You could do it, recycle it. 
but still get one of those weird like uh like mechanisms where it all gets comes back into the like it heats it heats the food up or something or... Uh, yeah no you think you can make it into like this like com- com- like compost brick and yeah. you can have it open fire and burn it on the fire and that, imagine the smell in the house uh, imagine imagine how many mates you'd have then <laughs> zero yeah Hey guys, come round. We're going to toast some marshmallows over the shipwreck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I know that global warming is happening and it's scary, and they're teaching kids. But like when we were kids, we used to get stuck in front of documentaries about what would happen if there was a nuclear war. Yeah, they were scary. I remember my granddad sitting us down in front of Panorama one Monday night. It was something like that. And it was basically what to do if you heard the four-minute warning. And it just showed this little poor family. And they had the four-minute warning. So the mum, dad and kids got in the cupboards under the stairs waiting for it to happen. And then it happened. And then you just saw, you just saw them being burned to, like, skeletons. And then outside was just this big nuclear winter. So what's the point in getting in the, uh, like, nuclear shelter if the video itself shows you that you're going to get burnt anyway? I don't know, but after that, he put a new letterbox in the front door with rubber around it. <laughs> I saw that uh, when the wind blows. I remember watching that as a kid. You know, the oh, Ray, what's it? Who's the guy Raymond who wrote Briggs. Raymond Briggs? Yeah, the guy who wrote The Snowman, which is this beautiful part of everyone's childhood. He also wrote When the Wind Blows, and they turned it into like an animated film. And I watched it, and I reckon I was 10. And it's about this old couple preparing for the nuclear holocaust. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's it's bleak as, fr- it's just horrible. It is, but like, they, they used to make us watch shit like that, didn't they? Everything was, even the snowman was quite sad. And then I remember one Christmas, they had the, the pie pipe, because we only had like a few channels. So it was like the day after Boxing Day, which is always like a shit day. And like 10 past six on BBC Two, it was like, oh, kids, come on, they're going to put the pie piper on. But it was one that was made in Czechoslovakia. And it was like, Really dark and gothic and grim, and it was just terrifying. And also, water shipped down. Like, let us enjoy our childhood, please. Uh, yeah, that was traumatizing. I think I'm still scared of rabbits now because of that bad one. I, I was tempted when my kids were really young, they loved um, Bing, and he's a bunny and he's dead annoying. And I just thought, one day I'm just going to stick water ship down on and put them off ever watching <laughs> rabbits again. <laughs> but probably. To Sam, some before the very first before we went away for the first time abroad. Go on, I love these stories, Kate. I love these. <laughs> the night before we went away, we watched yours. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! He'd never seen it before. <laughs> and where were you going? And how old was he? We were going to, I think we were going to um, Portugal, and he was about oh. he's about six or seven. Oh. And he was just like would go in the day, and I was like, it's fine. He's gone oh. on a, he has the same holidays as we do. He won't be around. <laughs> oh. We're going to go and stay in a motel, but first of all, we're going to watch Psycho. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's your ninth birthday tomorrow, son. <laughs> this isn't a true story, or is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so what are we the, fixing this week, Sam? So this week we're going to fix the, the great British... That's not British, but it's a worldwide phenomenon of soap operas. Soap operas, man. I used to love the soaps, me. Oh, I used to live for the soaps, especially on a Monday night when it was, if you timed it right, you could get Hollyoaks at half five, or was it half, no, half six? 
Then you get Emma Dale at seven. Neighbours at half five. Oh, that's it. Hollyoaks at half six. Emma Dale. Corrie. Emma Dale wasn't on on a Monday. Used to be the Clifton Factor. Oh, was it? Oh, I'm talking like... (laughs) And Corrie. I'm talking about like 900 years ago. Oh, I'm talking about like 2004, five. Yeah. And then you get Emma Dale, then you get Corrie, then you get EastEnders, then you get the second episode of Corrie because it was on twice on a Monday. Yeah, but they, t- they could take over your life. Oh, completely. They were very, I suppose, like, what's the appeal of a soap opera to you? Um, It's a thing. It's people watching. I know the characters, but it's nice to know what goes, behind, goes, goes on behind closed doors. And my favourite one, I think, when I was younger, I was home and away. I was right into that. Because in my eyes, like living in Summer Bay and all that just seemed like so much fun. But I don't know. Characters were all really boring. It didn't really make the most of living in a nice place. You were never at the beach. You were always in the diner. Or, you know. Or getting adopted by Pippa. Yeah, or getting adopted by Pippa. Or in school with that revolting uniform. No one used to live with their real parents in home and away, did they? They were all like fosters or adopted or like staying with someone. I mean, old school, we used to watch Dallas and Dynasty with me now, and that was, they were cool. They, they were different gravy, them two, weren't they? Because they were just pure 1980s, like, pomp, yeah. wealth, big shoulder pads. The intros to those shows are just iconic, aren't they, with the music? Yeah. I, yeah. I, we used See, to have... There was just no, like, soap operas that showed the lives of people, really, who were, like, super rich. So it was, like, it was a bit more interesting than watching... DG have an affair with Mike, Mike Baldwin again <laughs> in that little dowdy living room. With, with they always have a dining table right in the middle of the living room. Like, why don't they sit on couches and soaps? Yeah, and they're all alcoholics as well because all they do is just go for a quick half after work and then quick half at lunchtime. It looks great. It looks like a good did life. You ever, did you ever watch Ken Barlow every time he went in the room? And he'd just go, half a beer, please. <laughs> I should be doing that now. Half a beer. Half a beer. Which one, sir? Would you like a hand-pulled, crafted beer made by monks with buns on their heads? Oh, yeah. No, you wouldn't get away with that now. No, he'd, I don't know what he'd drink now. He'd probably just drink something. He'd be like a Foster's, wouldn't he? Or a, he wouldn't be like a craft ale, man. Ken Barlow, I reckon he's, he's one of them. Um, he just gets off a Guinness and reads the paper and goes. Just nurses it. Yeah. In my local, there used to be this man called Vinny. He's dead now. But uh, he used to come in and he'd get a pint of Guinness and he'd read the Echo. And then he'd get another pint of Guinness and he'd pick, pick up his paper and then he'd move seats and read the Echo again. And when he finished that, he'd get another pint of Guinness and move seats and read the Echo again. And we'd start to call him the chess piece. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pub crawl within a pub. I know. It sort of was. It's amazing. You do meet people in the real world that feel like soap opera characters. Because soap opera characters, there's, there's something like really familiar about them, isn't there? I think that's why the same yeah. characters stay on screen for so long, even though the story, like a, a proper like drama, there's a story to each character and there's a character arc and it's the beginning and the middle and an end and they change throughout it. But soap opera characters have to just be just there all the time, don't yeah. they? Just but now, doing so- stuff. Soaps now, you can't identify with them as much because everyone's like really beautiful looking. And like, it's not realistic. When when like in years ago, when Corrie and Emmerdale was on, everyone was normal looking. I remember Sharon. Yeah. 
most glamorous person on soap. Charlie yeah. Watts. Yeah, exactly. What the hell? And like lofty. Lofty. And uh, oh, Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, Mich- right. God bless her. She was the most plain looking girl going. And yet she managed to shag Ben Watts, Ali from the taxi firm. <laughs> so she has everybody. When they found out she was having a baby, it was like, who's the father going to be? I'm like, how has this woman managed to get banged by so many different fellas? When all she does is walk around in a leather blouse and look miserable as sin. It was like, who shot JR? It was like, who shagged Michelle, wasn't it? It was a similar <laughs> thing. It was like the big reveal. <laughs> and then it turned out to be dirty then. And if you're under 40 and you listen to this, we'll, we'll just keep up, Google, Google it. it. Google or, it. Do what I did in about 19... No, hang on. It must have been the early 2000s. We got Sky for the first time in a while. And UK Gold was showing EastEnders from like the 80s. And I just started watching it. It was brilliant. Like going back to those days. I can't even understand why EastEnders is still going on. You know, for for a soap opera in the 80s, I focused so much on a fruit and veg store. Everybody looked like they had scabies. Not a vitamin consumed. There was a lot of rough skin, wasn't there, in that era? Like a rough lot of skin, yeah, a lot of acne. Mm. But that's I hate pretty, it's just miserable, isn't it? It's just yeah. it's the most miserable of all, and that's why I used to prefer Coronation Street because there was always a good amount of humour in Corrie. Yeah, it had a soul, didn't it? It had a little bit of a cheeky like glint in its eye. Whereas EastEnders was just awful. Then I got into Emmerdale. And I used to laugh at people who watched Emmerdale because all my mates used to say, oh, brilliant Emmerdale. And like, this is when I was like in my twenties and watching Emmerdale is not really a cool thing to admit to you. They used to say, oh, it's really good. And I gave no, it Emmerdale's a go. Emmerdale had a good 10 years where it was really good. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just, it had like, I suppose I like soap operas when they try and tackle like real issues. And I think that's where Brookside was good at for a while because it was like, you know, looking at like drugs. Um, I mean, it even looked at incest, didn't it? Remember that yeah. storyline? Remember when it very first started and it was about um, socialism and being in a union and how it can affect your working life. And it probably yeah. wasn't a reflection of working class lives at the time. And then yeah. it just went nuts and had a siege and all kinds. Yeah, it got out of hand, didn't it? And then they start doing like Hollywood did where they do like the late night editions with swearing on. <laughs> And it just feels that stupid because it's yeah. just an excuse for Jimmy Corkle to shout fuck. Yeah. And, it, and Tony, Tony the chef might say an F word. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I think they should do with soap operas? And, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but this is one of my little fixes for soap operas. I think all soap operas should exist in the same universe. Like, so, so like, they all bump into each other. So they can all bump in. And when, when a character gets stale, you just ship them out to like a different soap opera because they're no actors. They, they saw to do when they play each other on Family Fortunes and Point Blank. <laughs> it's, it's not the same though, is it? <laughs> it's not quite the same if Les Dennis is refereeing in the middle. No, it but takes, imagine, imagine like, you're, you're like, who? I don't know. Um, Barry Grant. Who are the Dingles versus, <laughs> versus Ken Barlow and like Roy Cropper? You turn up to film your pointless and they'd be like, yeah, so, so. So Zach and Marlon, you're playing against Ken Barlow and Roy Cropper, possibly the two cleverest soap characters ever. You'd be like, oh, get it. <laughs> yeah, if, if they've got to stay in character in the quiz, that would be a different thing, wouldn't it? You've got to, 
But I just love the idea of having like, you know, a, something kicking off in Ramsey Street and they go, I'm going to have to throw in the Mitchell brothers and they, they, they get the call on EastEnders and then yeah. they disappear for a bit. And you watch your neighbours and you know they're coming. The Mitchell brothers are coming tonight. Susan, get Phil Mitchell on FaceTime. I need some beef sorting out. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't it? Yeah. Just all these interweaving storylines. Oh, mum, I'm going to the UK travelling for 12 months. Go and stay with your auntie Pauline and these senders. <laughs> and when I come back, I'm going to be a different actress, okay? Because <laughs> they do that a lot. Maybe, I'm possibly maybe... a different gender. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, well, that's the next thing, isn't it? People will literally swap genders when they change well, the actors. Oh, remember Haley? Yeah. Saddest death in soaps ever, that. That was absolutely just ripped up the heart out of everyone, didn't it? I feel like it was somebody I properly knew. It was dead sad. But what I didn't understand about that was an opportunity, right, for the, the people who cast the part to have cast an actual transgender person. So it was, you say transgender now, I don't know if it's changed. An actual trans person. I think they would so do they now, wouldn't they? I think they instead, would do nowadays. Yeah, but I, right, so... This is no disrespect to anyone, but imagine being picked for a role on the basis that you legit look like. Because that's, you know what I mean? They can't yeah. say me, and people are going, oh, yeah, I can get, yeah. I get that. I can see how, how, you know what I mean? It was a bit offensive in that respect. Like, why wasn't yeah. she a bit more glamorous? But be- why did be- she have to make dead dowdy so it looked like she could have been a man? Because men wouldn't have same kind of fashion sense or whatever but you know you know the the old phrase goes better to be working and people confusing your gender than not working at all that's what they say <laughs> yeah. that's that's the equity slogan isn't it do you know what, you know what i love i love so much i think cardi's probably my fave to be honest because i just love that it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous and here's an example so remember when gail platt was with richard hillman Yes. And he turned into a bad psychopath and he, he put the kids and Gail in the car and was like, right, I'm going to kill us all. And then as he goes in the canal in the car, he's like, I love you. And they were in yeah. the car. And then the, the, the emergency service had to turn up and whatever and uh, rescue them all. So that happened. Two weeks later, Sarah Lou, Gail's daughter, is getting a GCSE result. She fails the GCSEs and Gail is kicking off. And I'm like, well, old the fuck on Gail. She was six feet under the canal two weeks ago. Give her a break. She's probably got PTSD. <laughs> and there's you going, oh, why did you get a D in economics, you did? She... Just... <laughs> Come on, Gail. She lost all the books. All the books are waterlogged. Her coursework was, was ripped up by a murderer. Come on. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of artistic license, like Eileen Grimshaw's house. Right. I lived in a terrace like that, and it had three bedrooms. She at one point she had Sean, Billy, Todd, Jason, Air. Like, were they all in bunk beds? What what was going on in Ireland? Has she got an extension that we don't know about? I don't know, but I that's one of the things I loved about Brookside is that they filmed it in the real houses, didn't they? they bought, and she she looks skinned. She looks skinned. Can you imagine the amount of keep she was getting off all the people who were living there? She must be, yeah, minted cash in hand as well. I know, and she's working in the taxi office. Cash it. Oh, yeah. I think if you could get a virtual reality programme where you could go and live in a soap opera, I think that'd be great. Because I think you could just... You, they seem to just have a really good routine where they get up, go to Which work. Which one would you live in? I would live 
I'd probably want to live in Corrie because it seems the most friendly. But at the weekends, I'd go to Dallas. Yeah, I'd I'd be I'd probably go to Dynasty. Dynasty, I don't know much about. I, I remember it uh, being on, but it like, was absolutely crazy. But it had the best character ever, Alexis Colby Carrington Dexter. Joan uh, Collins. Yeah. Hey, Dame Dame Joan Collins follows me on it on Twitter. Does she? How that happened, I do not know. That's amazing. But she's clearly a fan of us, so hopefully she listens to the podcast. Shout out to Dame Joan. Shout out, Joan. You're not you when you're hungry. Have a (laughs) Snickers. How's Monte Carlo? Still the same, I hope. (laughs) She was was horrible to everyone, even her own kids, and that's why I loved her. Because you couldn't get away with being that horrible in real life. No. I mean, I suppose you don't get these like larger than life characters that often in soap operas because they have to be quite kind of like every man, every woman, you know, down to earth, boy next door, boy next, uh, girl next door, don't they? Whereas the American yeah, ones just yeah. go bananas. And even the ones like uh, The Young and the Restless and what was the one they took the piss out of on Friends that oh, Joey was on? Two, what was it called? Two, I can't think. Uh Days of, oh, our lives. Days of Our Lives, because that was a real, that was a real show, and it was that was so bad, but so bad it was like dead entertaining to watch. But I feel like everything's so popular. Shakespeare's so popular. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Alan Bennett's so popular. It's it's all a little window into somebody's life at whatever time you're watching it at. Like Game of Thrones, that is just a medieval soap opera. Star Trek as well. In space, soap opera. Yeah. In- it's what yeah. we all want to watch. I'll tell you what I loved about when you say larger than life characters, right? Phil Mitchell. That poor bastard, how many relapses are they going to make him have before he eats? He threw a lot. But most alcoholics, when they have a relapse, they'll just go missing for three days and wake up in someone's house in, like, you know, Smith Down Roads or whatever. Oh no, when Phil Mitchell has a relapse, he steals a, a digger and wrecks the market. And yet, all the things he's done, he should be doing hard time. There he is, still floating around Albert Square. You see, if my idea went through, he'd, he'd rob a digger and then he'd turn up, he'd dig a hole through to Summer Bay and he'd turn up oh, <laughs> in I the don't... diner with flathead on his shoulders. Yeah. Or, or whatever his name was. Full yeah. bottle of Bacardi that he got from the duty free. <laughs> and Richard Hillman oh, lives on. Hey. Donald Donald Fisher's dead. Is he? Yeah. He was he was a legend. He was on a pages. Do you reckon they cast the actor before they give him his nickname? Do you reckon he came to the casting and then got the part and they were like, right, we've got to give you the nickname. What should we call him? What you and he went flathead. Look at him. Flathead him. Yeah, what should we call him? We're going to give you a nickname and it's flathead because you look like you've got a flathead. I'd be like, you cheeky fucker. What should we call him? What should we nickname this guy who's balancing a cup of tea on his head while he walks? What should we call him? <laughs> Table face. That doesn't work. <laughs> Flatheads. That works. Thing is, would you turn down the job? That's the thing. If like Haley from Corrie, if they said, right, we've got you the job, but you need to pretend that you used to be a man. No. Or we've got you the job, but we're going to call you Flathead. That'd just be like, as an actor, you'd just be like, yeah. Because getting a gig on a soap opera as an actor must be one hell of security. Because like, you're not auditioning for anything. You've got a little bit of time on there. Must be great. But then yeah. I've got so much respect for the people who were on them for years and years and years and then just decide to leave because some of them just disappear, don't they? Just don't go anywhere. 
Some of them make it. I know, but they probably like, yeah, I've bought loads of properties with me with me wages now, so I don't have to work actually. But I think no matter what your job is, I think at some point you're just like, oh, you're not doing this anymore. Yeah, well, even if you're a Premiership footballer, like Michael Owens did that, he was just like, I'm dead good at football, but I don't particularly, not, not that asked about playing it. Yeah. Gareth Bale, it's the same. Just Sh- shelf life, isn't it? Just because you go to something, it doesn't mean you'd have to carry on doing it. Can I tell you what my favourite soap opera is of all time? Please do. And it's it's a soap opera that I think any soap opera that actually comes to an end, I think, has a special place in your heart because it, it doesn't have a chance to ruin itself by just constantly being on and, and overdoing it. I mean, if you're going to say Postman Pat, I'll start crying. I'm, I'm not going to say Postman <laughs> Pat, but now you mention it, you have thrown a spanner in the works. <laughs> <laughs> The, my favourite soap opera of all time is Prisoner Cell Block H. Amazing. It's just, it's just amazing. And me and Rachel are currently watching the final season of the reboot called Wentworth, which is on Channel 5, which is absolutely brilliant. And unlike Prisoner Cell Block H, which was like shoddy sets, terrible acting. It was purely you know, antiques, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was, it was like the whole thing was like a, eight years it ran for. It was a whole, like the whole thing was a comedy sketch, basically. This okay. is like a real I, I, show. Oh, Wentworth, yeah, I've heard about yeah. them. It's great. It's great. But yeah, Prison Cell Block H, me and my brother were well into it in school. And there was like one other lad who was into it in school. And it used to be on ITV at about 20 to 11 on a Tuesday on a and Sunday Thursday night. night. And yeah, a Sunday on as well. So we used Remember, to I the... worked in a pub and I used to finish work at half 10 and come home. And me and my nana's watched Prisoner. Oh, it's brilliant. We used to set the video, set the video plus. And then get up the next morning before school and watch it so that we could talk about it with this other lad. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was boss. And in fact, me and my brother and my mum went to watch the Prison Cell Block Hates the musical with Lily oh, did Savage. You? Yeah. Amazing. Lily Savage. Wasn't she, wasn't she Vinegar Tits, in it? She no, she was Lily Savage. She played herself. And one of the Nolans played Vinegar Tits. And then the freak Joan Ferguson, the real one, was in it. Oh, well, didn't she get done for being like it? I think she did. Sex past or something. I think in the last few years, yeah, she's uh-huh. been. I think she's gone to prison for something. I'll tell you is... what, they're renegades. Part of a lifetime. Yeah. Actual. If I was an actress and I they went, do you want to play renegades? I'd be like, yeah, like death out. <laughs> but you can imagine, imagine what you could do with that. Just being absolutely horrible. Oh, it'd be great. And you get it all out. I think you'd be a nicer person in your real life because you get it all out your system, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, Prisoner was brilliant. Can't tell you the amount of times we tried to get out of PA, PA by pretending to be Lizzie Bird's way. You know, <laughs> I got a dodgy ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry, sir. I'm feeling a bit crook today. I'll tell you what, though. I think, like, you've got to... I mean, we have to suspend belief with them. But yeah. I know Manchester gets a bad name. But I think Coronation Street could try and do them a bit of a solid day and stop having people murdered. On one street in Weatherfield. The amount of things that are right so. And also, they've got so many things. They've got two, well, the pub, the wine bar, a laundress, Roy's Rolls. They've got a takeaway. They've got a factory. Well, a garage. I'd have to drive for about 45 minutes to get to all of them places near ours. That's why everyone's. Crushed the road and you can get your car fixed and your ears on. Everyone's getting murdered because no. they need something fresh and exciting to do because they can't go driving for anything. Everything's on the doorstep. They just they, they end up, you know, killing. 
And how do you mount? Do you mount it? Murders there, though? Mad. Well, you wouldn't be able to sell your house, would you, on there? Because, yeah. like, people would just Google the address and go, whoa. Block what, I really about, what I really love about Cory is that they always, the, the base of the whole thing is strong female characters. And they're never, like, they're always straight talking. And, and I just really love that. I love the fact that, what was his name? Tony, I can't think of his name, who, who he came up with Coronation Street. And all he wanted to do was recreate what he had in his house and on his street. And that's mm. why all these like these matriarchal characters like Ian Sharples and all that got invented so that people could watch and it was a window on a working class world. I love that about it. Well, it just shows what a great idea it was that it's still rocking like 60 odd years later and it's still not really deviated that much apart from all the murders and that. It's still kind of, that's still the focal point in it, the middle of it, yeah. all these strong female characters, which is just, you know, good to see. If you if you were going to, like, create a new soap opera then, where, where could we set a Fix the World soap opera? Like, if we were going to, because, like, it's all been done, hasn't it? Like, if you needed a new location. Or a new oh, new imagine, imagine, setting, imagine setting a sitcom in a comedy club. That could work, actually. Like, um, so do you have the part of it for the open spots and the old, you know, like people who aren't like, it's just the, the watching the, listening to the hierarchy of the whole comedy yeah. thing and people come and go and people stay put and it's very transient. So you could yeah. fight and characters in and out when you felt like it and that. And then you could have like the big star who drops in now and again and pisses everyone off or brings yeah. everyone up. And then you got like, yeah, the club owner. A bit of a, like a behind the scenes insight of people aren't who you actually think they are when yeah. you don't watch them on stage. That'd and be also interesting. how actually boring it can be when you sit and waiting to go on stage. Yeah, yeah, just the, the dullness. It's the absolute meaningless conversations you have while you're waiting for your turn. Although everyone would just be on the phone, wouldn't he? I don't think everyone, yeah. no one would watch after yeah, the that, first that, episode. That would be <laughs> and whenever every act goes on stage, all the other acts are going, yeah, they're shit, aren't they? <laughs> Just slagging each other off. Did you ever used to watch The Day Today? Yeah, loved it. Did you remember, see, remember their soap opera, Bureau, the Bureau de Change? Yeah. This is a high class Bureau de Change. I loved it. You're on borrowed time, my son. <laughs> and as for you, you can pack your bags. It was brilliant. What about a library where everyone whispers? That's like the selling point. Everything, the whole script is in whispers. I am your mother. <laughs> Library. <laughs> <laughs> Libraries aren't that quiet anymore, though. Aren't they? I haven't been in a library for ages. That's because the Tories shut them all down. But no, well, no. Before they shut them down, I um, I didn't go back to Kirby Library because I didn't take some books back. And then it got, you know, when it gets too late, and I'm like, I've left it this long. I feel ashamed taking them back. Actually, <laughs> it wasn't that far away. I didn't intend to keep them. And then it, it happens when I, when I moved to um, Walton, the, lab, the local library there, I borrowed some books and then I just forgot to take them back. And by the time it came around for me to go, you know what, you should take them back. I was like, I just feel, I feel embarrassed walking in with these books because I've had them so long. <laughs> yeah, you're probably, you probably owe the council about like four grand now. <laughs> just, just for some books you never read and didn't even want. Oh, what about, a, ca- what about a, carav- a caravan park? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this, but it'd just be a cast of weirdos and <laughs> outcasts, wouldn't it? 
and sex pests. It'd be great. Yeah. I remember being in Spain and um, so there was where we were staying, some of the neighbours who we knew were like, oh, come and, come and visit our friends, um, Roy and Rose, in this uh, caravan park. It was like the one on that bargain love and British board. So we went to this place and um, it was a really beautiful uh, location and the, the actual caravan park was gorgeous, big pool and all that. There was all these expats who like retired and sold off and went just to live in a static in like basically the middle of some like boiling up resort in Spain. So they went, come and we'll go to Roy and Rose, go and see them. And they took us and we'd never met this couple before in, in our lives. And they were like from the East End. He looked like Barney Rubble. He was like pure muscle, but with a big pop belly. And she was like proper old school East End. And she was like, she's dripping in go. And she's like, all right, girls, want a party? <laughs> and she had this like, remember when you see the macro for like, and you bring back cordial in one of them big, massive like plastic tanks? Yeah. Ah, filled with brandy. And I was like, Jesus Christ, where did you get that from? And she went, oh, we take this down to the, the uh, off license. And they fill it right to the top. It only costs three euros. Like, <laughs> you must be sick all the time. And then I went, I need to go to the toilet. I didn't want to go to their toilet. I went, where's the toilet block? And she went, oh, if you do go there, if you see any, anybody's left any toilet rolls, bring them back. Oh, no. Oh, God. So they had the static. Then they had this, like, awning at the side of the static. And then they had this fake ivy all around. And it was basically just, like, the set of mash. <laughs> Fucking horrible, uh, and that's that, how they all live. It's the maddest place in the world. They'd be great soap opera characters, wouldn't they? Don't yeah. you think? Just like Nick and Bog rolls from shower blocks, and yeah, and like boys, like yeah, well, and he's there. I've eaten his. He's eating a magnum with a can of cider in his hand. He's like, yeah. So when I came out, and Nick, I'm like, I was like, you in jail? What are you in? Yeah, I did 15 years for our robber type. And I was just like, what? Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a caravan park might be a good one. Or you could do like the world's longest traffic jam and it, it, it lasts that long that the whole soap opera takes place on like a patch of motorway. Well, La La Land did that, didn't it? Oh yeah, at the start. Jesus, I thought that had never end. Yeah, I enjoyed that film, you know. I hated it. Have we said this before? I, well, I think we have. We, we've, we've clashed heads on this before, Casey. Why do we always fight about La La Land? <laughs> I don't know, but I think this podcast is a nice indication of how you can have different agreements, you know, different opinions on things, but still okay. cooperate. Because, you know, we I like La La Land, you don't, but we, we continue to work together. <laughs> I think that's a nice message for the, for the listeners yeah. <laughs> to take on board. It's okay to be different. How would, you, how would you fix soaps then? Well, I've got my shared universe idea. So fix them all, uh, like link one. them all together. I'd like that. I'd also like more like feature length episodes where characters go on like a trip outside of their, their bubble. Because I do enjoy those. Like when you, you get like a little one hour special and they go on a trip somewhere. Like that's good. Yeah, take them out of their comfort zone. Like, yeah. like years ago, they did a coronation street where all the women went to Spain. It was amazing. amazing. Yeah, how that's you... a good idea. How how would I fix it? I would first I would take the dining room dining tables out for the living room. That's <laughs> what I would live. These are terraced houses, so there's there's probably space near the back of the house for the dining table. If it's open plan or not through, like let's be realistic about about the like the, the layout of the houses. Important. Yeah. 
don't like I would to say us. I would also just say to you know murder isn't the it's not the answer to everything. <laughs> it's the answer to some things. I can't like can't kind of just move away to be happy somewhere else. Why do we have to get them into heroin and then dead on the street? I think with a murder, they like no, like they leaked it, the the storyline they'll do to those shitty magazines you see in the shops, yeah. and so everyone knows what's going to happen. I think that's where soap operas have changed nowadays. People know what the story is, but it's how they tell it, which is the more interesting bit, rather than the shock of what's happening. Like everyone knows, certain characters going to die, but how are they going to die? And who's going to kill yeah. them? I think I'd also bring back more normal-looking people. Yeah. Well, we're from this generation now where everyone's got to look gorgeous and symmetrical and thin and whatever. Hey, like, bring back the old school characters, you know what I mean? Bring back the ones who, who, who you know, don't care about how they look. The ones who look like the Bastry kids. Yeah. Yeah, like Lofty. Lofty was amazing, and I'm sure he's not worked since. But he was, <laughs> great. He was great on EastEnders. He probably did Panto, let's be honest, but he was great on EastEnders. I think even Ken Barlow's had to glow up. You know, you know, he's like in his 80s. Oh, he's ancient. Yeah. Do you reckon that's a wig he wears? Because I reckon if he had a bald head, he would literally look like Voldemort. I, th- I think it's a wig and I also think it's a mask. I think he's probably computer animated and he he's, he's, has been since the beginning. Because he's been... He, wasn't he in the first episode? I, I, I do Yeah, I think he was, you know. There's a, great, just... there's a great, like, um, docudrama called The Road to Coronation Street, if you ever get a chance to watch it. It's really brilliant. And it's all of these different actors, you know, now play the original characters or the original uh, actors who played when it very first started. And it's so good. And Kat Slater plays the actress, um, Pat Phoenix, who was Elsie Tanner in Coronation Street. Oh, that's... She's absolutely amazing in it. Well, she is a brilliant actor. Oh, yeah, that, she is. Um... Jessie Wallace, she's absolutely amazing. And I think that... I feel like she doesn't get credit for it. No, you don't do it because you just play the same character for 30 years. So, you know, but you get your mortgage paid, so it's not all bad. But, like, as an actor, yeah, surely you don't want to stretch yourself. Day. Yeah. My final fix for soap operas is that whatever theme music you start off with, you have to stick with that forever. You can't change it and you can't update it. It has no, to you remain... Can't, you can't sit around. It has to remain a moment in time. You can't have like the neighbors one, they keep changing and updating it. And I want that classic original neighbors. Well, it's just they, they updated it, didn't they? I think they had someone else singing it and then they had different music. It was like yeah. the same music, but like a remix. Just like, I want the classics. Yeah. All the classics all the time. So they're my fixes. One question about, about soap operas before we, before we end this. And I, I bet you know the answer. What songs did they play in Scott and Charlene's wedding? Certainly a part of me, me. Just the way that's got to be. That's got to be my favourite episode of any soap opera ever. Amazing. That's brilliant. I had a a DVD of, uh, I think it was the best 10 Neighbours episodes of all time. And it was brilliant. Was was when Kerry Mango got shot dead when she was trying to save ducks. Was that in it? That was on there. And when Daphne died as well, then Daphne got it Daphne by a car. Died. Yeah. yeah. That was, it's got to be was... one with um, Mrs. Mangle in it because she was a brilliant character. She was great. Joe Mangle, who I did a gig with once. What's he like? I'd love to meet him. I've always he loved him since he did Joe Mangle. 
He was lovely. It was like sitting in a room with Joe Mangle for an hour, just chatting to I him. Think, before. I think he follows me on Twitter. Oh, what are you? God, you're like rubbing shoulders with all these stars here. Listen, I know. I am virtually semi, not even a quarter, rubbing shoulders with, you know, some people who people have heard of. Steve Backshaw follows me on Twitter. Oh, I don't know how I feel about him. I I, I like him because he follows me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm. Like, puts himself in jeopardy constantly. And then he acts like he's shitting himself. And I just feel like it's all a big act. If you follow me on Twitter, you put yourself in jeopardy because I am <laughs> I am raw. It's just my raw emotions, yeah. guys. I can't stop it. Who is following you? Because you're an animal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why it is? Because he's got twins and I've got twins. Um, someone someone said you should follow him and he followed me. So I followed oh, him back. Wow. And anyway, but yeah. Did he, come, not- did he buy your boot? Did he come and see your show? Never spoke to each other, no. This is the thing. It's an empty promise following someone on Twitter. It's never backed up with real things. No, I want financial compensation for these tweets. I want, and Or I want him to come to one of my gigs and I want him to stand at the front and go, what I'm going to do right now is heckle. And the comedian is most under threat when they're heckled. I'm going to see how he responds. Yeah, I want eye contact, body contact, financial gain. <laughs> Otherwise, Twitter is meaningless. All three, great. If one, one or the other, I mean, depending on what you're talking about. I, I'm, really, I'm not here to judge. It's Twitter, it's not real. I want those three, but I want them in a different order. I want eye contact, then I want the financial uh, exchange, then I want body contact. That makes people, you a sex worker, Sam. That's, that's fine. I just, otherwise, people don't pay, do they? You've got so to... it's just the better sex workers? It's better no. than, it's, as I've always said, it's better than working in an office. And it's better than being on a soap opera for if for some people, maybe. <laughs> Not enough sex workers on soap operas. Maybe that could be a, a great soap opera in a brothel. Set in a brothel? Yeah. Call it hot broth. Oh, that's a good um, hot broth, brilliant. <laughs> My friends. So I told you the story. My friend got asked to be a receptionist in a brothel because she had a sexy voice. Yeah, you did, yeah. It's amazing. And I said, she didn't want to do it. And I went, I'll do it. And they said, no, your voice isn't sexy. You went, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it, you slags. <laughs> so uh, I, th- I think we've got some good solutions this week. I think we're, we're, this has been one of our more successful weeks because uh, let's be honest, sometimes we, we you know, perhaps don't make the big impact on the world that we, we set out to, but that's fine. Okay. As long as I, we're... Think, I think our fixes for soap operas are good. I think they are. And I think we've... Oh, uh... also, just one more fix. Everyone does not have a baby on Christmas Day. No. Boxing Day is fine. Boxing Day is fine. Because you need to spread that content over the Christmas period. Or so, just uh, anything in the year is all right as well. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you've you been, for listening. You've been a wonderful audience, as always. And uh, Kate, if you, you're you still plugging your show, aren't you? you got your show. Is it next yeah, week? Yeah, there's still tickets left a week on Saturday, which is the 2nd of October. I am on in the Royal Court with my show, Please Like. And um, I'd love it if any of you wanted to come and got tickets and I'd just be made up. Um, I'm also, if anyone's in Southport, I'm on in the Southport Comedy Festival on the 1st of October on a lineup which includes Troy Hawk, who is an amazing act. Um, so have a look Shout out to Troy Hawk. Yeah, oh, great yeah, and then, stuff. And then on the 3rd of October. Sorry, I'm look, very Look at this. Very busy and important. On the 3rd of October, I uh, have a night in Tanker Bar in Liverpool, which I MC. And we've got a superb lineup this month, which includes Amy Vree, who is also um, quite the influencer. 
Um, she's a she's a, a mum blogger. She's really good. Um, and our headline act and is Sai Wozniak, who is my one of my favourite acts at the moment. So that'll be good. Brilliant. Yeah. So links for all of that will be in the description for this podcast. Yeah. And uh, Sam, you've got something. Coming. You've got your tour starting soon. Yeah. You? My tour went on general sale today, so. Uh, if you're not on the mailing list, then uh, you can now buy tickets. So buy tickets. It's all on my website, samaverycomedy.com, under shows. And I'll put a link for that. Uh, what I did, I announced it on Facebook this morning, and I got a load of comments. Uh, some people saying, bought tickets, which is great, you know, nice one. But I always get <laughs> people moaning, why aren't you coming to this place? Why aren't you coming to that place? Why aren't you coming to the Shetland Islands, for fuck's sake? Why aren't you going to the Shetland Islands? Sam? I don't know. That's a good question for my, for my agent. Um, but there's places you just can't get to, and you can't get to every place on every tour. So I, I, I what I don't want people to think is I've got some kind of vendetta against um, Western Supermare, for instance. I just <laughs> I'm not able to get there this time. I would love to go to wherever there's enough people to get no, a gig well, to going. Be fair, remember, you are not allowed within ten meters of the health shelter on Western Supermare. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that might be why. Don't ask why, guys. I didn't think you were going to mention that on air, Kate, but thanks, for, th- thanks for throwing me in it once again. <laughs> it involves not using a mask and um, <laughs> yeah. not being able to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that'll be in the in the comments as well. In, in not in the comments, in the description for the podcast. So, and in the meantime, if you want us to fix anything, drop us a line on fixtheworld nine 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 at gmail.com. Yeah, because we are the fifth emergency service, hence the 999, as who's you know. The f- who's the fourth? Is that the AA? Um, I think it's just eat now. I think it's going to be the So I think we're like the seventh emergency service. Yeah. yeah. We've got police, fire, ambulance, AA, just eat, Deliveroo, Uber Eats. I feel like they should just all have their own category now. Okay. It's not fair for them to push us out to like the top five. Well, if they've got their own category, then police, fire, ambulance should have their own category. So we could be third. Oh, no, fourth after the air. We love that, yeah. Yeah. Sounds. But yeah, we are an emergency service, so we will uh, help you out with the jam. Or if you want to add anything to the subjects that we've been talking about, we're going to be doing a Halloween special in the coming weeks. So if you've got any thoughts on how to fix Halloween, let us know. and we'll. uh, Yeah, and when we film that one, we'll dress up as monsters. We are going to dress up. We will be back on film soon as well. Yeah, so Um, we'll dress up for our Halloween one. We'll dress up and then, uh, and and yeah, maybe, I don't know, go trick-or-treating afterwards. We'll do a live trick-or-treat. <laughs> That's just doorstepping people, like Peter Cook. Yeah. Well, not Peter Cook. Who was yeah. the guy who did the Cook report? Roger Cook. Roger Cook, yeah. <laughs> Peter Cook was the Dudley. It would have been well best with Peter Cook. Yeah, just calling people slags when, he, when they open the door. When the door, you go, oh, I don't like your neck curtains. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kate, it's been a pleasure. As always. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you both. See you both. That sounds like there's two people listening. Thank <laughs> you two listeners. We rely on thanks. you so much. Thanks for both of you listening. Yeah. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Fix the World Podcast with Sam and Katie.